Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, we're back to continue the story of Joseph. Yes. And we have flannel boards here for you. And, Can't uh, wait for you guys to see these. These are amazing. Yep. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Pastor Rod has shown up to uh, work today in a coat of many colors. I took a walk. <laughs> I don't know that musical, so. You don't know the musical? No. <laughs> well, at least you knew what I, I was referring I knew, to. Yeah, Joseph and If the, I was just singing randomly, it may not make as much sense. Yeah. No, I, you often do that. You'll come into the office humming a tune or singing a song. And Can't help it, man. It's I got the spirit inside of me. You got the joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Down in your heart. Yeah. And, and you know, I think this is, is just it? a feature of living with me. I, I, I think this is all always yeah. everywhere. Down in your heart? Down in my heart. So stay? Even at, you know, e- even at a, like grocery stores, I'm just walking by myself and I'm in a tune. The piece of past is understanding down in your heart? I think so. I down think in that's your heart. fair. Down in my heart. Today. Yes. Today. Right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways. Well, Lord willing, you are coming back from retreat today. Yes, and so, I hope I'm still alive. I hope I have everybody. Yep. I hope all the leaders are well slept and well fed. They won't be. Well. Well fed, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. So uh, the, the directive, because uh, Sarah, Sarah Kelly, um, who ha- may or may not have been mentioned in this podcast once Somebody or Somebody was taller and yeah. Yeah, some, maybe. We'll, <laughs> who am I to name names? Like Lord of the Rings or something. I gave her the instructions of getting our food and just saying, hey, look, you know, we're, we're under a tight budget. Yep. So don't go for the organic Trader Joe stuff. Go for the stuff that's going to fill people's bellies and, and maybe isn't going to be the most healthy. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, as we record it, it's Tuesday and we got the Costco delivery. And I, all I know is I saw a lot of bread in that delivery. <laughs> so if anybody's on Atkins, then... Uh, well, you, you, there's always the option of fasting. That's true. You can fast. I don't know if a youth retreat's a good idea to be fasting out of a youth retreat, though. You know what? Interestingly enough, though, if you fast long enough, you, you get more energy and more clarity. So it happens about day two or three. So well, if you're willing to do it. And that's interesting because listening to the Steve Jobs biography, he was talking about that. Is that another recommendation? Uh, with the caveat that it's a worldly biography. Okay, Walter Isaacson. Yeah. He's a masterful storyteller. Yes. But there's also language and other bad stuff in there. Yes. Yeah. But Job's life is, is fascinating. And, and I've pulled sermon illustrations from Job's. So it's, it's been a helpful, uh, helpful read. But he was talking about Job's as he was battling cancer. And one of the things was he developed an eating disorder during that because he mm-hmm. you know, was, number one, wasn't hungry just because of the treatments, but right, then right. became even more finicky. And he was always a weird picky eater th- throughout his whole life. But it was saying at the end that, that he always drew like a, a high from fasting. Yeah. And so that would give him energy and, 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 uh, and would kind of motivate him. So towards the end, when he shouldn't have been fasting, he felt like he wanted to fast because he, wanted, he was always in search of that extra boost, that extra kick that he got when he was fasting. You can actually simulate this by just having a very low calorie, several, several days of stringing together. I mean, like not no calorie, but very low calorie. It's a crazy feeling. And, and it does, it, I, I could see it's kind of, it's addictive because it gives you that mental boost and the energy that just feels like, man, I could just keep on going and going and going. Right. Because your body isn't spending the energy that it normally would digesting. digesting right. Which slows you down, makes you sluggish. It depends on what you eat too. If you, if you have sensitivities to foods that you're not aware of, you might feel that afternoon slump more than what you should. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of things behind that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the brothers and Jacob, they were kind of in a force fast, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. because things were uh, not getting better. And God there. used it. Yeah. 
And so the, the, the famine gets severe. Now, in chapter 41, we didn't, or 42, we didn't make this explicitly clear, but, but Jacob said no. <laughs> when they came back and said, hey, look, if we're going to go back, we have to take Benjamin if we're going to get food back because he wants to see our youngest brother. Jacob says, no, I'm not going to do this. Okay. You, you've already robbed me of one child. You're not going to rob me of the other. We're going to starve, guys. Yeah. And, uh, and remember, Rachel has now died in childbirth and, and Rachel was Jacob's beloved and, and Leah has already died. And so his wives are both gone and, and, uh, and this is Rachel's youngest and Joseph is gone and in his eyes, Joseph is dead. So he has a special place in his heart, but the famine gets so bad. Um, and here comes Judah. Now Judah has been uh, transformed, not completely, but Judah is, is on the way up, I think, in the Joseph narrative here towards the end because he really steps up, at least in leadership, and steps forward where Reuben has abdicated his spot and others have, and, and Judah says, okay, look, uh, I will be your surety. If uh, Reuben originally said, hey, take my kids, Judah says, take me. If, if I don't bring them back to you, it's, it's on me. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not on, on anyone else here. And, uh, and meanwhile, and we didn't mention this either, but there's another one that's been left back behind in Egypt. And that is Simeon. <laughs> they just left him there. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, this poor guy, I'll stay here. You guys bring back Benjamin. <laughs> okay. We'll be back. They never show up. Right. Can you imagine <laughs> right. this guy? Right. Oh, guys, what gives? Right. So and, and we don't know how long. We don't. Right? Because it no just clue. says they finished their grain. Well, we don't know how long that took. They had all their sacks full of grain and, and their money. Um, and Simeon's just sitting there in jail. I wonder if that he, they're like, hey, so tell us about yourself. Well, I had this brother named Joseph. And <laughs> the jailer's like, oh, wait a minute. I know Joseph. Yeah. But obviously Crazy. not because, yeah. No exchanging notes there. But Judah really represents the better leader over Reuben um, here in the story. And, and we see some foreshadowing there of the fact that Judah would be the ruling clan, the ruling tribe. And, uh, and so they, they formulate this plan and they're going to go back and in verses nine through 15, they're going to take gifts. They're going to take double the money because their money had been returned. They were nervous that they were going to be held accountable to that. They didn't know that Joseph had commanded that. And they're going to take Benjamin, uh, because Jacob finally agrees. And, and in verse 14, we can read that as this is a, uh, a defeated Jacob who's resolved to kind of a fatalistic view here. But I think more than that, this is Jacob casting himself on the mercy of God. I think Jacob's saying, okay, you know, if this is what it needs to be. And, and by the way, that represents the desperation of their situation and their plight. They, they were so bad off that they had to, Jacob had to agree to this plan. Otherwise they were all going to die. And so Benjamin goes back with them. You get this, uh, this flair for the dramatic from Joseph, which I really appreciate that he has them all uh, dinner for them and, and organizes them from youngest to the oldest and gives this double portion, uh, there to his brother, Benjamin, um, Interesting note here, verse 32, Joseph is eating by himself and the Egyptians are eating by themselves because Egyptians considered it detestable to eat with Israelites. Waltke, uh, who's one of the commentators on Genesis, he made a a really interesting uh, note here. He said, this may explain some of the reason for the sojourning in Egypt for God's people, because it wasn't just that God didn't want his people to intermingle with these foreign nations, but the Egyptians held the Israelites in contempt. The Egyptians themselves didn't want anything to do with the Israelites. They, they considered the Israelites to be defiling to them even. So this allowed for Israel to really grow and flourish as a people without the threat of in, intermingling and intermarriage like they had in Canaan. And so perhaps this is why the 400 years in, Helpful insight. in Israel there, because they didn't have to worry about intermarriage. That's a great, that's a great insight. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's clutch. Yeah. Interesting. 
and so uh, th- this dinner is had there. Well, then after the dinner in, in chapter 44, uh, another test is done here. Joseph targets Benjamin as the youngest here and most vulnerable of all of them to, again, see how his brothers really changed. And uh, we get the, the climax of the test here in verse 17 uh, when it says, Far be it from me that I should do so. Only the man in whose hand the cup was found shall be my servant. But as for you, go up to, in peace to your father. So Joseph is setting the stage here to see, are they going to turn their back on Benjamin the way they turn their back on him? And uh, the, the cup is obviously found in Benjamin's sack. And, uh, and Judah steps up and fulfills his oath and says, nope, take me. Take me. I will be the one to protect you in this and to, to step in for, for Benjamin. I will go as tribute, you might say. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay. So here's a cool thing. Joseph is reading between the lines. He recognizes that he was the favored one. And now that he's theoretically gone, probably Benjamin took that place. I think Seems that's a fair guess. And so now he is trying to exacerbate that and stir up their the their envy and their jealousy again by saying, if I favor Benjamin, by giving him way more food and showing all this kindness and, and extravagance toward him, how will they react? I think this is a brilliant move on Joseph's part. Very shrewd because then it's inevitably going to reveal whether or not these guys are changed men or if they're the same scoundrels that put him in prison in the first place. So I think this is a great move. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do too. And, uh, and so as it unfolds, then, um, Judah steps forward and says, no, I, uh, I'm going to, to step in. I'm going to save him. I'm going to spare him. And, uh, and, and this is, is more than, than Joseph can take at this point. Cause he does, I think, see that there's genuine transformation and genuine change and genuine repentance. If we can use that word, uh, from his brothers there. And so we get into chapter 45 and the, the chapter opens and it says, Joseph can't control himself anymore. He goes from control to uncontrollable. But Joseph was the second in command. He was the one that was laying out all of the administration of Egypt. He was the one that was ordaining all of these things, the money in the sack, the cup in the sack, the food arranged as it was, the double portion to, to Benjamin. And, and now at this point, it's too much. He cannot hold it in anymore. And so he orders all of the Egyptians out and he reveals himself to his brother. Surprise! Surprise. Dude, that is the best reveal. Because, yeah, the way that this is positioned is like, this is the climax. Yeah. This is the big, wow, this is who he is. I I just, I wish there were more there. Yeah. I I wish that the, I wish Moses would have elaborated on their response. I mean, he does talk about it. Right. I just wanted more. I think this is a super cool reveal. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it would have been amazing to see, like, the jaws drop. Yeah. And Benjamin sitting there eating the rest of his double portion. Like, what? What? What did I miss? <laughs> He's totally aloof. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that he says, God sent me before you. God sent me before mm-hmm. you. God has made me. I mean, he's just dripping with all of this humility of what God has wrought in this man's life. I yeah. think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I noted Joseph has a God's eye perspective uh, in his understanding of God's sovereignty, which is impressive, right? I mean, let's think about this for a second, y'all. We understand the concept of God's sovereignty because there have been books written about it and because there's a doctrine about the sovereignty of God and because Mm -hmm. our pastors preach on, you know, God is sovereign. Joseph didn't have any of that. Joseph didn't have the Bible. (laughs) Let's start there. That's true. And recognize this concept that God was ordaining all of these things. And we say, well, because of, of God speaking and God, okay, fine. But still his humility to be able to recognize that, to look for these things and, and to see these things, it's amazing. It's astounding. And uh, so good. Yeah. Just such a cool picture. I love that. I think you see in Judah a, a prefigurement of Christ's sacrifice. He's mm. willing to substitute himself in order to save his brothers, just as Judah's future descendant, Jesus the Christ, would sacrifice himself to save his brothers. So, right. Granted, it's, it's a shadowy 
pointer, but I think that it's there. Totally. And uh, and then in, in as the, the chapter concludes or, or goes on in verses 9 through 28, you get Joseph saying to his brothers, okay, hey, look, I'm going to take care of you now. I'm, I'm going I'm to provide for you. You're going to be good to go. Go get dad, bring him back. And uh, and here's what you need to do. You need to dwell in the land of Goshen because that's the place that's that's the best and it's going to be there for your flock. And here's here's how you're going to go about doing that. And and there's significance here beyond the the story that's at hand. This is how Israel got to Egypt. Um, mm-hmm. Israel, the figurehead, but Israel, the nation. This is how Israel got to Egypt. This is where Israel is really going to explode in population. This is where the formal identity of Israel as the nation, as the people of God, is really going to come into being in this next 400 years. That's going to overlap and elapse right, here. Right. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty awesome to see all of this happen the way that it does. And this really is the beginning of their relationship with Egypt in a, in a, in a malfunctional, dysfunctional way. Not right. malfunctional, dysfunctional. Because from this point on, I mean, even before this, we could say, because Abraham went there. But even from this point on, their relationship with Egypt is so bad. Yeah. They learn to depend upon her. They want to go back, and then they start complaining. Well, we're gonna we're getting too far ahead here. But Israel's relationship with Egypt just crumbles from this point forward. After Joseph dies, it's all over. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's going to be great. It's going to be good as we get into the, well, we're going to finish up Genesis and then jump into to the book of Exodus here. Um, but the the next couple chapters are just kind of a, a breath of fresh air in Genesis where things are going well. There's this family reunion and we'll click on that or we'll, we'll hit on that as we continue to go. But we'll double click. Um, we'll double click. Double click. We'll double click on click, that. Click. Yeah. But just a, a good reminder and, and just a reminder to you too. I mean, yeah, God is sovereign. And as God was working out all of the plans in Joseph's life, he's doing the same thing with you and me today. Now, is it going to have a bearing on an entire nation of people? I don't think so, unless we've got some future presidents listening to the podcast and then maybe who knows, but, Multiple. but, um, he's, a, he's, he's sovereign over the events of your life. And I think that the good thing for us and the good reminder to us, the challenge for us is, can we find that God's eye point of view on what's going on in our lives right now? And I think I talked about, I can't remember on the podcast or, or at least on Sunday about we can get so zoomed in on the trials in our lives that we lose that perspective. We forget that God's at work. And Joseph certainly had plenty of opportunities to do that when he's sitting in, pr- in prison, when he's in jail, he's been left there for two years after, I mean, t- hopelessness, right? We know the rest of the story. Joseph didn't. Joseph still doesn't know the rest of the story at this point. Um, and yet his confidence was in the sovereignty of God, which is an encouragement. Okay. You made me think of something. Okay. Do saints who have died before us, do they have access to the Bible in heaven or the intermediate state right now? Cause you said that he doesn't, he doesn't know the end of the story. I mean, we don't really, not in a technical sense. We have the end of the story in our Bible. Right. But do you think that those guys have access to God's word in heaven? Right. Um, well, Peter talks about the, the prophets who were writing for our benefit and they longed to know who it was that they were indicating, right? Was he talking about them then and there though? Well, in, or here and now, the things in, into which angels long to look, long right. to understand. Do right. the angelic beings understand these things? That The angelic beings are, are outside of the, the bounds of, of human time in a sense. Okay. So if they're not able to really fully understand, I, I don't know, I I would imagine yes, because they're in the presence of God. They, they, like, they have access to the fullness of divine revelation in front of them, right there. So, is God having like Sunday school with them, where Jesus is up on the whiteboard <laughs> with the felt board? board? Yeah, he's like, all right, guys, come here. Here's, here's 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 Joseph. Jesus. Joseph's like, that's me. That's me, guys. <laughs> that's me. Um, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. yeah okay. I, 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 I don't know, think man. So. I, I would expect that they have something. That, Whether yeah, it's same. God saying, "Yeah, I'm just going to tell you the story," or they ha- have an actual something, rather like a book. 
I, I mean, I'd like that. You know, I, I think they probably do because ultimately the greatest cause for our bliss and worship in eternity is going to be the gospel. It's, it's going to redound uh, for, forever and ever and ever and ever, this understanding of the fact that we are there because of what Christ has done for us. So someone's teaching then. So, yeah. So someone's I think, teaching or preaching or writing maybe? Totally. Because I think Paul's up there going, hey, Abraham, come here. Look, I told, I told everybody that, that this was the gospel preached beforehand to you. So let me explain to you. Um, this is this is what it is. Uh, R.C. Sproul is up there with Adam going, okay, Adam, Genesis 3.15, this is the proto-Euangelion. And, and Adam's like, what? It's like the first gospel. Adam's like, what's the gospel? No. But I, I do think that there's a, a, a knowledge that's imparted to them to understand the fullness. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Even Hebrews, apart from us, their, their faith would not have been made perfect or, or complete. Right. So that maybe perhaps that is even implying there that, there is the 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 there revelation completion there. yeah yeah i guess i i couldn't yeah i i would hope that there's some way because okay the intermediate state they don't have a body right, right? they don't have a physical person right now because right. that person is here on the planet so i would think how do they hold a, a book <laughs> is there such a book as a right a spiritual book right but there's a consciousness there's consciousness right so they would be able to think and perceive and right. interact with because even the the parable that jesus tells the rich man and lazarus right lazarus there's a consciousness there, right? Right, and so Clearly. there's an ability to communicate even there that is implied. Um, so even if the book isn't there, the content is there, right? Because the I would the, be... the one that the book points to is there. Yes, the actual word is there, right? I still want a Bible. I'm just can I can we just arrange for that? That's an interesting question. If we're gonna have a Bible in heaven, I, I'd still like it because I want to study. I study best when I have I can have it in front of me reading it. So, Lord, if you're listening. I would like to have a physical Bible in the internet. Check our state. podcast stats. All of a sudden there's one that says heaven. Wait, what? <laughs> Location. There must be heaven. a VPN. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Keep reading your Bibles and uh, we'll see you at church tomorrow. Sure hope so. Bye. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.